Welcome to Third Paradigm. We are your hosts, Clarity and Nuance. Third Paradigm is a digital third place, which is where people practice the art of conversation. The hosts and guests come from all backgrounds and different ways of thinking. We at Third Paradigm will discuss ideas and the facts of life with respect while pushing the envelope. Full disclaimer, hosts and guests will share their opinions. The opinions of our guests are strictly their own and do not represent the opinions of Third Paradigm. However, when the hosts share facts, we will back them up with evidence. If we are wrong, we will make it right as soon as possible because we believe in practicing integrity. Welcome to Third Paradigm. All right, Nuance, what do we have for this episode tonight? Well, this episode is going to be about representation in video games, anime, comic books, and manga. But before we get into it, we want to acknowledge the passing of Cicely Tyson at the age of 96. Cicely Tyson was one of the first black actresses in Hollywood to break barriers on the big screen for black women and black men and a major fighter for civil rights along with actor Paul Robeson. She played in the first major love story and loving scene of two black people in the film Sounder. She played as Harriet Tubman in the television series A Woman Called Moses and as Coretta Scott King in the television series King. She has mentored young people through a performing arts school that a neighborhood in New Jersey named after her. Her last tweet was an acknowledging and uplifting the young black poet at the 2021 presidential inauguration. The tweet reads that's thus. At the Amanda Gorman, your words remind us that we will rise, rebuild, reconcile, and recover. Thank you for your words and light. Cicely Tyson, at I am Cicely Tyson, January 27, 2021. Cicely Tyson came out with her book, Just As I Am. It was published January 26, 2021, before she passed on in January 28th, 2021. She was a very health conscious person and showed how black women with dignity and self-respect age like fine wine. Cicely Tyson is the recipient of many awards, Oscars, Emmys, Tony, Peabody, and she entered the Television Hall of Fame in 2020 and will be surely missed. Thank you for that nuance. No problem. Uh, second person we would like to acknowledge is Mark Hanna. Was born in 1956 in Chicago, Illinois. An electrical engineer and computer graphics designer. He received a bachelor's in electrical engineering in 1977 at Illinois Institute of Technology and master's doctorate at Stanford in 1978-1985, co-founding the computer graphics technology company Silicon Graphics Incorporated 
SGI, mm-hmm. Hannah built quite the reputation for himself in the tech and Hollywood entertainment markets. Various graphic software, he was named principal scientist on at SGI, ended up being used to create effects for such as Jurassic Park, Terminator mm. 2, Aladdin, Field of Dreams, and the list just keeps on going. Mm-hmm. Up there though, his company, SGI, partnered with Nintendo to create the early architecture of the Nintendo 64 gaming system, effectively cramming the power of a $5,000 SGI indie workstation into a $250 toy. His technology has also been used to design cars, airplanes, and military virtual simulation training. The source was brought to you by the Black American History. P.S. He also is the man that invented Disney and Pixar's CGI's 3D graphics. Interesting. Very interesting indeed. So, for our guest today, I have an icebreaker question. Um, Nuance. Would you like to do the first? Yes. Um, So for our guests, our icebreaker question is, what console did you grow grow up playing? Like, what console did you grow up playing? This is Elisa. Oh, let me see. We had a Commodore 6, I think. Oh, nice. It was just Pong. Wow. That's fun. This is Asia. Um, I remember having a PlayStation, the first PlayStation at some point in my life, like as a toddler or like a really young kid. But I think the console that I remember the most is my Game Boy Color or my GameCube. Very nice. Um, this is Fractal. I also, my first one that I had was a PlayStation, even though the first one I played was a Super Nintendo with Donkey Kong. And then I eventually got a Nintendo 64 right after that. Um, This is Max. For me, the first one I played was the original Nintendo. Never really graduated, never really graduated to it. NES. Went to Sega right after that, and then it just kind of snowballed after that. Kind of got every major thing from that point on. Dipped in and out of Nintendo, though. So you went from Nintendo to Sega. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, that gives me insight into um, where we're starting off today. How about you, Clarity? It gives me awesome insight. I actually grew up playing the NES, Super Mario Brothers, and Duck Hunt, and it's a great system. Yes, yes it was. I actually started off as a Nintendo baby as well. Um, went from uh, NES to Super NES, and uh, 
eventually made my way to the Nintendo 64. So, uh, did you want to uh, start yeah. dipping our toe into the uh, the pool that is today's topic? <laughs> of course, of course, I would be glad to do the honors. So, for our first question, why do you think there are so many white Marvel DC characters? who have video games, but there are no video games for the black characters. For an example, Black Panther. Alicia, do you have uh, an answer for this? The short answer is because there aren't a lot of game developers that are black. Um, I don't think that within our community that um, we're encouraged to go into tech. It's getting a lot better now with the STEM programs and things, or STEAM? STEAM. STEAM, yeah. And, but um, like for the older generations, we just weren't encouraged for that. We weren't encouraged to read comic books. It was more a waste of time and a waste of money mm. for my generation. And I started reading comic books um, in high school. And I did have a video game, you know, like I said, I played Pong when it was brand spanking new. But that was never a career field that I was ever introduced to that I could go into something like that. For, for me, it was you go to school, you become a doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, candlestick maker, butcher baker, but never <laughs> technology. You know, you became a nurse or a secretary, or you went to the military, you worked at Ford or the post office. But the digital world wasn't really pushed toward us or we weren't pushed toward it. But I was probably one of the first generations, too, to have a computer in the home. So it wasn't normal for us. Hmm. Thank you for that answer, Des. I suppose that makes sense. What, what do you say? Nuance? No, to me, that makes 100% sense because, um, like she said, uh, in in certain households, you are encouraged to be almost anything else, but um, even even now, it's quite difficult for people of color uh, to uh, get into the tech space and the tech field. Like, they, there have been long, long, well-documented problems about um, uh, um, American uh, African-Americans being smart enough to, uh, to do certain things and getting into certain spaces in the tech field and then the list, the long list of problems that follow after they're mm -hmm. in that world. Um, so it, it makes sense. It makes 100% sense. Yeah. Um, Franco here, I kind of wanted to jump in. I think it's like, I think it's kind of like there's always been this this thought that 
if you do something with black people or people of color, but specifically black in this topic, since we're talking about black characters in these mediums, that it won't sell. So it's like you have these Marvel and DC characters that have video games, but and they have great movies that come out. Now, granted, there's a double-edged sword because a lot of video games that come out of the movies don't necessarily do very well. There are a few exceptions, like uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man games. Um, I guess you could say recently we have a Miles Morales from um, Into the Spider-Verse. His Spider-Man game is doing very well. It's beautiful. But um, there are some very sucky like video games that come right after the movies. So like for Black Panther, which is kind of a treasure in the black community, you may not want a video game for that unless it's done right. But it, it, it does say a lot that a movie that was so successful around the world doesn't have a video game when that's a character that people waited so long to have a movie for. Even Stan Lee himself who said that's his favorite character waited so long and finally got to have it done before he passed on. So it's kind of this um, this view that if it has black in it, then it won't sell maybe to a white audience or anybody because we've been so conditioned to think that um, it's unacceptable or it's not palatable, it's not attractive, it's not um, with culture or whatnot. And that's maybe just grandfather um, cultural racism, I guess. Yes. and. Uh... Piggybacking off of what you just said, Fractal, um, I do know that just in the game community, the reason why that is, uh, why a lot of movie games uh, tend not to do as well is because the timelines for creating a game is a lot longer than the timeline for creating a movie. And so in order to create a good game, you need a lot more time. But in order to market, it, you know, create and market and get a movie out there, it's relatively a blink of an eye compared to a game so by the time they're done uh like rushing a game out to match the release date of a movie you you have what they could do the quickest not necessarily what they could do the best because mm. I, I remember i was i was talking to someone yesterday and they were talking about how there was a blade video game like blade one and two and that they were good and i was like wait a minute i love blade movies growing up i didn't know there was a video game on ps2 that did pretty well and it wasn't marketed at the same time, but I could definitely understand like the quickness aspect of it too. So it's kind of it's kind of a production thing, but it is also a marketing thing. So. Yeah. Okay. So with that, I I think we're going to move on to the next question, um, and that uh, this question is. Who is your favorite black character that you've seen in anime, video games, and or comic books or manga, and why? And I think I'm going to give this question to our guest, Miss Asia. Hello, this is Asia. Um, my favorite character is from like comics, is Static Shock, although he's my favorite because, you know, I saw him on TV. He's my favorite because, like, growing up, there wasn't that many black characters on TV. I remember seeing Storm on X-Men, but, you know, X-Men wasn't really about her. And then I watched Sailor Moon a lot, and I saw a lot of villains that, like, were black or have dark skin. Because, you know, in, like, Japanese culture, black is supposed to represent, like, villainous and stuff like that. So, Fang Shock was the first mm -hmm. character that was a hero where the show was about him. And he was very 
relatable because, you know, he lived in Dakota City. Dakota kind of reminded me about Detroit a lot. And that could have very well been any, could have been me. He could have been any of my friends. Like, I felt like I was a part of the story. So every time Static Shock came on, I was, like, downstairs Saturday morning watching Static Shock. Um, I also like because, um, so Static Shock came on, what is it called, Four Kids or Kids WB, whatever it was called at that time. And I remember a lot of Kids WB shows, you can tell they were trying to market to, like, black kids because they used to play, like, openings that were supposed to be hip-hop and stuff, but they kind of, like, fell flat. And so <laughs> the Static Shock theme the song was, like, the first song that I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. Like, this is really good music. So it was, it was just, like, a lot of different things for me. And he was my first, like, cartoon crush when I was younger, too. So there's that. <laughs> Very nice. That's a very insightful answer. Thank you. Mark. Yes. No problem. I just wanted to add, uh, it's quite interesting that your favorite character is Static Shock and that it reminds you of Detroit because the creation, the creator of that character is an artist named Dwayne McDuffie. He is mm -hmm. from the actual city of Detroit and he, like, that yes. the reason why he it reminded you of Detroit is because he pretty much wrote that to be Detroit. Yes. In the original series. Um, Dwayne McDuffie, he had a wonderfully beautiful run on Justice League, like all the, the good Justice League cartoons um, from like the early 2000s, Justice League Unlimited. Uh, he wrote stories for them and that's why like, uh, that's why Static actually became a part of the Justice League. Like they, like there's a whole story about the artist Dwayne McDuffie uh, and Static Shock that I would encourage you and everybody listening right now to check out. I actually got to meet him, and sorry, I did not even announce myself. This is nuance right now. I actually got to meet him uh, before he passed in 2011, but yeah, I share your sentiments, Asia. Yes. Wow. Glad to hear it. I'd love to check that out. Uh, that's awesome. Um, this is Max here. I want to throw my two cents in right here. Go ahead. Hey. I got a couple, and for various reasons, one of them is Vixen. Um, I really think her powers are cool, just challenging the animal spirits to gain their abilities. Uh, she's pretty strong. She seems to be pretty strong, and she's also from Detroit, so that always gives a bonus plus to me whenever I can meet a character from Detroit. Also Spawn, but... It's spawn. Why not? You know what I'm saying? He's also from Detroit. I just support a lot of the black the Detroit people. I'm with you. If you're from Detroit, you got me. That's pretty much what it is. But if you're black and from Detroit, I'm with you 100%. I, I, it's just nuance. And uh, Max, I am feeling that Issa Rae, I am rooting for everybody black and Detroit energy. I love it. <laughs> I didn't know there was so many uh, Detroit roots in uh, the comic book, manga, video game industry. Neither did I. This is fractal, and I'm just like, man, they, they're not kidding when they say that black folks are in Detroit because that's where all the comic book characters come from. Like, I know John Stewart Green Lantern is a Marine from Detroit. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, 
I want to just uh, I want to just let everybody know we are at the 30 second mark. But you guys have to remember, Detroit has been Detroit is currently and has been the blackest city in the United States of America. I believe yeah. we're hovering around like what 89, 87 uh, percent African American. Uh, it's like it is pretty black here. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna just throw my set in and say, uh, video game wise, I love Master Raven and Tekken Seven. They did a black woman real right. First one with four C. They did her absolutely right. I love Vixen, but I, I'm going to talk about her later. But I love Master Raven. Okay. So, Clarity, what's the next question? Okay. Well, thank you for all those answers. That was actually very insightful. I wasn't aware of all that. Um, okay, in your opinion, who do you believe is the worst created black character in anime, video games, and or comic, comic books, manga, and why? Um, I'll throw this question to Max. This is, uh, this is Max. Well, I kind of have one for all of them. Um, for the comic books, there's a character who's technically not black, but his ability is to turn himself into a black man for about an hour by selling black power. And from when I looked up, from when I looked it up, it was supposed to be the creator who created this character is for the show how comic books used to just do black people wrong in comic books. That's why he was creating. So it's kind of like showing like how they portray black people. He got, he, he got an Afro gold chain and all that stuff like that. So it's kind of like playing off that stereotype of showing you how comic books never really did black people right. Um, anime, it's Killer B. It's Killer B for uh, the reason that I believe that the people who make anime are just not exposed to a lot of black people. So their references is only what they get in media. And a lot of black people sing, rap, and or dance. So they put that into a character, but that's not all that black people are. And as far as a video game, it has to be Final Fantasy XIV, Zaz, the guy with the afro, two guns. <laughs> it's actually 13. 13, yeah, 13. <laughs> if you just look up, if you just look up him with a chocobo, they instantly just put KFC buckets in his hair. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if you put a chocobo in that black man, it, it became a oh. chicken. It became chicken. I don't know why would you do that. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, you got him. You got him carrying around a chicken, and you don't think anything was wrong with that, but. Yeah, that was, that was, that was the only thing that I just found that are just like wrong. But I just, I believe they're all made. I don't think they're all made with bad intentions. They just came out with, well, for the anime and the video game stuff, just lack of exposure to black people. The other one, brown, the brown bombers for, like, showing how black people's representation in comic books were just really bad back in the day and stuff like that. I am well, thank so you for that answer. <laughs> hey, this is Elisa. Can I make a quick correction? You go for it. So Vixen is actually from Africa, but as part of the Justice League, she's stationed in Detroit. Yeah, Ooh, she's from that Detroit. is true. 
That is true. She's from Zambezi in Africa, right? Because her tribe is Zambezi. Yes. She happens to be one of my favorite characters on the TV show. I cannot think for the life of me what that TV show. The Heroes of Tomorrow or Legends. Legends. And she has her own comic. Well, she had her own cartoon run, too, as well, on the UW or whatever that's called. Well, it used to be UPN 50. CW. Yeah, CW. Yes, yes. I just wanted to add one more character to Max's list that I think really, this is just because, like he said, I don't think the people who make manga are exposed regularly to African-Americans. They just see kind of the racist depictions that come through Hollywood. Actually, it's two characters, but they kind of have the same build. And that is from Dragon Ball Z, Mr. Popo, and from Pokemon, the Pokemon Jinx. Jinx. Yes. They are both based off of, it's not the Sambo, an American stereotype. I'm not even going to give the stereotype power by naming it. But they are both based off of really bad stereotypical depictions of African Americans. And I don't think that the Japanese people who saw those knew the harm in them. So they just kind of saw it and thought it was cool and put it in their cartoon. And they have since, you know, taken steps to correct that action. That's why, you know, I think that it wasn't meant to be harmful. But, yeah. Can I get up? This is Asia. Just honorable mention. Yes. Asia, can I add something? Yes, please. Okay. So, yeah, no, I do agree. There's, like, there's a lot of, like, stereotypes that... Japanese people use in their anime and manga, but I do feel like sometimes we kind of excuse it and say like, oh, well, they don't see a lot of black people, they don't know, and that's, not, that's very far from the truth. Now, I can't speak for Dragon Ball Z, the, the creative Dragon Ball Z, but I do know there are a lot of times where they just kind of don't care about the stereotype. Like, there's this fashion style, I want to say it's called, like, Ganguru, but it literally means black face in Japanese, and what they do is they literally themselves to a point where they're extremely dark or orange and they wear kind of like black style clothing and they call it fashion but it's very you know it's still very racist like to wear blackface and people have told them they like where it comes from and like the word means blackface but you know they keep doing it and I do and I even now there's with the characters like Popo and Jinx I still see anime characters that are very similar to them, like, um, drawn with, like, those kinds of lips and dark skin. And it makes me feel some type of way every time I see it, because I'm like, okay, I've known. It's been a few decades now. Y'all can learn how to draw black people without making them look like characters. Mm. Um, I believe, this is factual, I believe Mr. Popo is still in Dragon Ball Super. Still there. Still in Dragon Ball Super. Oh, I thought they kind of wrote him out. No. No. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to. We're closing up on this question here. Nuance, do you want to lead this next question? Yes. You know, speaking of, you know, 
bad representations of African Americans in uh, the current media of comics and anime. Uh, I wanted to ask the question, do you believe that there's enough diversity of black people represented in the medium, uh, in video games, comic books, manga? Do you think that they have a good plethora of skin tones, hair color, hair type, hair textures, eye colors, body types, class, backstory, sexualities, gender identities, uh, regions, uh, etc.? Like, is there enough I, like diversity even in something as simple as a uh, video game character creator. Why or why not do you, like, and I'm going to throw this question to Fractal. All right. I, I, so first I'm going to use my wife as an example. I'm actually quite dark. And then my wife, she is what you would call between almond brown on the inside of an almond nut and like honey. And, and, Usually you would see like a person like that who has looser hair, but she actually has tight, kinky hair. I do not see any representation in any of those mediums except for maybe uh, Michiko Hachin, maybe, but that's about it. And maybe um, in the boondocks with, uh, with um, what do you call it, with uh, Tom's daughter, who's half black, half, half black, half white, even though my wife is black and black. It's just there's like fairness on both sides of her family. And so they don't have enough representation in that, um, both in hair and skin and eyes and body types. Backstory, definitely, like, I don't see enough coming. It's kind of like you have just either the professional managerial class or someone who's just dirt poor. You don't have middle class. And then the backstories are always caricatures of black people. But it's like black people are just as normal as anybody else. We may have our own language and flavor. But, you know, that's there, I'm sure, with sexuality. I mean, we're just now getting to have more abundance and variety of people in the LGBT community. Um, gender identity goes along with that. Um, and then I don't see a lot in anime in particular um, and sometimes video games with people, like just black people from the United States. It's like in Tekken, the only black characters we had were from Brazil, Afro-Brazilians. And the girl, Christy Montero, she had, like, loose hair. But it was cool because, like, black girl character. And he had the black guy, Eddie Gordo, who has tighter hair. He's Afro-Brazilian. And, and, and there's a, you know, there's a big tie with that. that, that that's close to my heart. But um, Bruce Irving, he was one character that shows up now and then. But Master Raven is the first black woman with 4C hair type, which is amazing for me. But it's, like, still... You only have like dark skin. There's a variety of skin tones. And then in creating a character like in freaking The Sims or Soul Calibur, as my wife would say, they always have the most pastiest, ashy tones and skin tones. In freaking Soul Calibur 6 right now, you only get cornrows or a big old afro to try to make a black character. So you got to finagle different hairstyles if you can. And then they didn't even meet the request in The Sims 4 when people were asking. There was a lot of white liberal and progressives saying, hey, black people are saying there's not enough diversity here. They gave us a Star Wars pack for, what, $60 and maybe one black girl with one twist-out style, and that was it. So there's a lot of lack of diversity and variety and expression for black people in these um, video games and anime and comic books. And I mean, comic books, I think, have done better over time. Anime needs to catch up. Video games maybe are starting to catch up. But um, 
still, even in creating a character, it, it's rough. Interesting. That's a great answer. Thank you for sharing that. Um, would anyone else like to chime in on this question? All right. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I, I think Fractal did a really good job uh, yeah, explaining because I could, uh, this is nuance, and I could list um, exceptions all day. I believe like in um, Dishonored, uh, it's like either two or three. There is a black trans um, woman, I believe that's a protagonist, but like that, like you only, if you only get one like one per decade uh, when it comes to video games. You don't really get a lot of um, diversity except when it comes to the RPG space because um, yeah. the whole selling point of selling like a Dragon Age Origins or a Mass Effect or what's the new one, a Cyberpunk 2077, is that, hey, uh, you have all of this choice to go out in our sandbox world and, you know, live your power fantasy in the way you want. So if the game is not um, focused on giving you a power fantasy choice, sandbox style experience, then uh, they don't really try to look to give you anything other than pretty much your standard hero, which is white male character with probably brown hair. So think Mario, think any of the first uh, uh, three or four Grand Theft Auto uh, protagonists, like, you can probably name eight white male heroes uh, in video games right now. Hey, this is Elisa. Oh, go ahead. Um, one of the things in the comic books that I've come to notice as far as diversity goes um, uh, uh, for sexuality is they started taking some of the old characters that we know and love that as far as we knew were straight people and then they became gay people. And I like to fight my own battle with this one. I have this conversation in my own head. Well, why don't they just make new characters instead of taking the older characters and making them gay? So one of the people in uh, DC Bombshells, Vixen, is a lesbian woman and hmm. so is I believe Batgirl and I forget who Batgirl's love interest is wait and not that woman Batgirl that woman is the is the one that's gay I didn't know Vixen was because yeah. Vixen was with John Stewart for a while and and but in in the DC bombshells she's gay and so i was like well why would they do that why why not just come up with new characters and so the battle that i have with myself was like well you know maybe because a lot of people did live a life that was okay for society but that's not really who they were so is it possible mm -hmm. that maybe they were gay characters all along but they could not live that lifestyle and now it's okay that's interesting, but, but this is factor. What about the fact that I know in, in comics there's multiple universes? So is this version of Vixen like the one that's like Earth 2, like the one that we normally know, or is it another Earth? Because there's various, various versions of characters. Like I know in one Batman universe, the Batman is not Bruce 
Wayne, it's actually Thomas Wayne, his his father, because the son died and the mother became the Joker because the son got killed in that back alley. So like sometimes they do that. Well, yeah, that's possible. I know with DC bombshells, it's set in the forties. Oh. Oh. Okay. So okay. I do believe it's the the same universe. It's just a different timeline. So. Also realize that um, a lot of times these decisions are kind of made because of like there's a mix. Whenever you're talking about like mm -hmm. um, mediums such as comic books and video games and anime, uh, there's also a financial consideration. So if I take uh, character A and insert a new thing into character A, then I can tell a whole new story and sell a whole lot more of this character because they already have the name recognition instead of me trying to uh, come up with new character B, you know, and do that same storyline and try and sell new character that nobody's heard of. So it's a, you know, it, 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 I hope that makes sense. It's a lot easier to sell Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy as, you know, two, you know, lesbian lovers when Harley Quinn started off as a straight woman for the Joker uh, in the animated Batman series. It's a lot easier to sell that. Yeah. Sell Petunia and Daisy. Before we close this question, I was going to direct this to Agent. Oh, okay. Um, well, I was going to say, since you were talking about, like, queer characters, I think that, one, it's a little, it sounds like a little bit of, like, bi and pan erasure to me, because just because a character is dating uh, someone of the opposite sex, that does not mean that they're straight. One, like you said, like, they could be in the closet just because the characters are older, but also they could be bi or pan, just like Deadpool is supposed to be canonly pan, like... You know, um, I mean, obviously, I would love to see more queer characters that are just, like, created and queer, but I also don't see as much of a problem as characters that used to be, quote-unquote, straight, but now are dating people of the same sex, because to me, like, that's more representation for me, like, being bi and, like, other people that are bi or pan, you know? Mm-hmm. No, you're 100% correct and valid. Thank you for sharing that. Um, do we have any closing statements before we move on to the next question? Yeah, yeah this is Max here. I just like to throw a shout out to Cree Summers and Phil Lamar for Black Voice Actors. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, Cree if you do you guys, Yes, if you. For people who don't know uh, who Phil Lamar and Cree Summers are, they are very prolific uh, voice actors. Uh, just some for Cree Summers, some famous ones, uh, Kids Next Door, she uh, plays, uh, uh, oh my gosh, the, I think her name number is... Number five. Right, number five, and she plays on the Rugrats Susie, I believe. She, yep. like, she has played a lot of roles, and Phil Summers, on Futurama, he plays... Uh, oh my gosh, um, Hermes. Yes, and I think he also plays John Stewart on Justice League. Uh, he Samurai yeah. Jack and Static Shock. Yes, so yes. they are very pro prolific voice actors, and everything that they're in is good, so get into them. 
awesome. Thank you so Where'd much she, for that shout out. Doesn't she do uh, bomb sh uh, boondocks? Isn't that Regina King? Regina King, yes. Regina yeah. King. Yes, Regina King does those voices, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's move on to the next question here. Um, have you experienced or viewed racism, anti-blackness in anime, video games, and comic books, manga? Why do you believe this happens? And I'll direct this to Maxwell. Yeah, this is Max. This is it's hard to say. It's, it can be a lot of things playing into it. Um, some could just be uh, viewing what they see and less interaction, just going for what they think black people are. Um, or, I mean, we're just, just not caring and just saying, well, I see them do this, so this must be, you know what I'm saying? Um, have I seen any comic books and anime? Uh, darn right I have. I mean, usually if there's a, if there's a, usually if there's a black man, he's usually either obscenely strong and just brutish all the time, or that's not all the time, but most likely if it's an anime, it's going to be a, the black guy's going to be like really strong and just wants to punch something, which can be fine. Some of the time, but you know, not all black people just like to, not all black men like to punch things. You know, there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more versatility with the women a little bit when you do come across some of the black women in anime. Um, and comic books, more or less, that falls along the lines of when they <clears throat> kind of recently start putting black characters in there. They all kind of had the same kind of vibe kind of they always call it's kind of it's like if you just look at a black character in like the old comic books it looks like they all call everybody just the jive turkey and it's just like they just kept feeding into stereotypes and then they've gotten a little bit better as of recently they kind of like um 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 uh, like with static shock and stuff like that one of the characters that i ended up trying to figure out more into was this um um, alien called Icon, which is kind of like um, he was made in the same comic book with a not the same comic book, but the same company made him along with Static Shock, and he was mm -hmm. like an alien, kind of like he's an alien, like kind of like Superman, but instead of landing in like in the time that Superman did, he landed in the time during slavery, ended up just molding himself to look like black people, so he like lived through slavery and all this stuff like that. And I wanted to get more into him, but I haven't really got into it yet. But I think he is like a really interesting character. And I wish they would like expound on, expound on like, just add a different versatility just to black people, you know? Like the um, the blind guy from Bleach, I can't think of his name. I love him. He's cool with the little bandana and the birth of the little black. Oh, uh, you're talking about Kaname Tosin. Yeah, he's cool. So there are some that they do good and do well, and there's a, a lot more that they do wrong. Jinx and Popo, it's just bad, bad to death. So, yeah. Um, thank you for that answer. That's very yeah, insightful. Thank you so much. Uh, I just, does anybody have any examples of racism in video games? If not, I, I have one that I can share because I believe that um, 
whenever you do see racism tends to pop up in video games uh, a lot, but it doesn't pop up in a way that is helpful towards uh, any conversations or discussions about, you know, trying to heal or get over uh, uh, or examine, uh, you know, the sins of the past. It's just kind of always brought up as a shock factor tactic in video games. And one uh, example that I can give you off uh, off of the top of Nuance's head is um, in Bioshock 2, within the first five minutes of the game, uh, you are a white protagonist, and you are given a baseball, and a, I believe a mixed-race couple uh, is trotted out in, in the middle of kind of like a, a town square, and they are accused of you know being a mixed race couple and you have the choice to throw this baseball at the head of this couple or not now whether you throw the baseball or not it you know it doesn't matter something is going to happen um doesn't matter what your choice is but the fact that you know they're they're showing you that black people like they're showing the racism of this perfect utopia that you find yourself in as a white man, but they're not critically examining uh, uh, the racism that's going on. Later, you find out that there is a resistance movement to this perfect utopia that's led black, by a black woman, uh, but, and this is a spoiler, I apologize for anybody who might want to play this game, she dies. <laughs> so, uh, but again, there is no examination of what racism does to people, uh, no examination of why it's bad. It's kind of just used as like, look at how, look at how bad our game is or our game world is. It's always used as a flavoring. It's never, you know, examined. So, um, this is good. This is Asia. I just thought of one from The Sims. So in The Sims, you can learn how to do voodoo, which, you know, is has African roots and stuff like that. But in order to learn voodoo, you have to have, you have to be like a mischievous Sim. So that kind of just perpetuates that voodoo, which is something that comes from like African culture is something like mischievous and bad. So it was just something small that I thought of. Wow. Um, this is Fractal. I thought of two things. One, um, since you brought it up, nuance about um, Bioshock 2, Detroit Become Human. I watched the review, and as much as they had like this chilling trailer of a black, um, I guess, android singing um, an old Negro spiritual, when you look at the game in its entirety, they actually kind of watered down what the civil rights movement was really about and how just sitting together could just make everything better when there was an actual struggle. So like there were critical reviews about that and how horrible that was. Um, and then the other thing is, is um, I've watched, my wife and I watched this uh, YouTuber called Kenny JD. And I think she's from Detroit herself. And she studied Korea and she just recently did a um, Bad Movies review. It's called Bad Movies of Beat where she does makeup and reviews bad movies on this film that was done in Korea 
with like some former B2K dancers and some uh, like K-pop rapper and dancers and how much racism was in it. And she said that later on in life, while she was studying Korean and Asian culture, there always tends to be this thing where blackness is used as a rebelliousness in their culture. Like they just kind of wear blackness on and it's always on being combative and angry. And that that's what that is. And so she finds it actually insulting to black people and to Korean people to say, well, they're just ignorant. They don't know any better. And I agree with Asia. And it's like, no, they kind of know better. Mm -hmm. And they may know that it sells to either a white audience or whatever, because it's been yep. so passe and it's been so taught throughout the world that being anti-black is acceptable and profitable. Mm. Uh, this is Max here. I got one character that really stuck with me when I was a kid, and it was uh, Final Fantasy VII. Barry. That's a double edge. His friend's daughter, good dude. But every time you see him, he's yelling, cursing, like. This, I mean, like, and he had a gun for a hand, like, he had a gun for a heart. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. no, black cussing. Yeah, pretty much, like, all right, I guess, but that, that, that his character never really sat well with me, so. You know, I actually read a review, this is Fracto, I looked that up, and at the time in the 90s, black people wrote about that and really petitioned, like, uh, Square Soft, when it was Square Soft, Square Enix now about it. And they said we actually did that with the Ebonics and whatnot because we wanted to normalize it because we felt that there was nothing wrong with a black person talking like that. So it's kind of a double edge in a way, but I kind of see, and that's kind of why I think for a long time they stayed away from black characters and then when he did his eyes with the, ch with the chocobo in the hair and as wise as he is as a father, he's also kind of comes off as cowardly. So, well, that's the excuse, isn't it? That's the excuse to exclude um, black characters because if they don't do them, then they don't get these sharp criticisms about how you mess yeah. up. So that's why you don't see a lot of black characters because they're just like, it's easier not to have them and not even join that conversation. And then when they do try, they, tr you know, they, um, uh, certain, uh, developers or certain media producers say, well, you know, we got it wrong, so we didn't even want to go into those waters, so we're not... Exactly. And why is every major black man that is kind of like strong in a certain... Why do they always got to be bald? I find that kind of discriminatory, too. In anime, they're always the strong black character in a video game, that they just, they just bald. They just can't have no type of hair. Look, I'm going to just... Uh, this is nuance, and I'm just going to tell you that... Spending so much money, at least in video games, spending a lot of money. Do you know how much it costs to make uh, Merida's hair? Like, it costs Disney Pixar a hell of a lot of money to make Merida's hair uh, as bushy and as curly and as red as it was. Imagine them trying to do a 4C uh, tight curl pattern uh, that's believable, like, on multiple characters. They're going to, like, it's cheaper for them to just, like, kind of paste uh, a European hairstyle on a black person like they did Storm uh, than it is to kind of use the computer processes to get that the way it should be. <laughs> it's, yeah. 
and yet they made all their money off of us. <laughs> if they can put scales on Aquaman, they can give us 4C hair. Oh, that's that's right. right. That's not like a huge... Like is proof that they can do it. She is done right. She is done completely right. <laughs> yes. Well, um... So moving on to your next question. Uh, yeah, nuance. Yeah. Do you want to take the lead on it? Yes. Um, actually, I wanted to ask the question. Um, <laughs> so, uh, this is actually going back to kind of like uh, question number four, because we uh, kind of lightly touched on how um, characters, old characters, are recontextualized or uh, in very different se sexual aspects. And my question now is how are black characters either over-sexualized and or under-sexualized differently from characters of another race or group. Uh, what are the differences on how this is done between male and female black characters? And I wanted to kick this question off to Miss Asia. Okay, this is Asia. I would say that they're mostly over-sexualized. I would say especially in anime. Um, it's a little harder for me to pinpointing um, examples in video games. One, because it's just so hard to find black video game characters, but also when I think of black video game characters off the top of my head, most of them are black men and they are like portrayed as aggressive and they're mostly in like shooting games like Grand Theft Auto or Mafia 3. Um, but I feel like that's also something that's seen in anime too. So um, I don't know if anybody's seen Ah oh My Goddess, but there's two black characters in there and they're both like very over sexualized and they're put up against um white or japanese whatever you want to call them angels that are like sweet and they're innocent and they're like oh my goodness no i can't do that with you but the black characters are like oh i'll take off your clothes right now like let's get to oh. it i see that a lot of times like the first this this character her name is erd and it was like one of the first times like I saw a black girl in an anime and I was excited for her at first. But then I was like, dang, why is she like the most sexual one? She also is drawn to have like the biggest city. Like it's, it's a lot. Can I say that on the podcast? Um, but I, I don't have a problem I, with it. How about you, Clarity? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I said... I, asking could I just say what I said on, on the podcast? Uh, she referred to she referred to breast as titties. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but like a lot like always in anime, especially like black women characters are always sexualized. And even in like oh I'm gonna pronounce this wrong. Dojushin. That's not how you pronounce it, but it's pretty much like fan fiction, except someone makes it into a comic or manga form. I'll see people make more sexualized versions of characters and put, make them dark skin. Um, and the black male characters in anime, they're usually like, I think someone, I forgot who mentioned it, but they were talking about how black characters are always like the strongest ones and always want to fight. That's very prevalent in anime. They're characters that always want to fight if they're alive because anime will also kill the black character or make them not human, which I thought only Disney did at one point, but um, I think an example of that would be from Soul Eater. There's mm -hmm. a character named Sid. 
Um, first of all, when I first saw Sid, I was in love. I was like, yes, black character, love you. I feel like the second episode, he died. <laughs> he came mm. back to life when he was a zombie. <laughs> So he yes. didn't anymore. Yes. They, mm-hmm. they tried to sneak it past us by giving us another black character, but like it pissed me off that they made him a zombie. Then his weapon, we don't even really see her face. She's a mummy. And then they threw us another black character. It was like, oh, here you go. And then his weapons aren't really like, they're black characters, but they're not really human. They're like, I don't know, they're like fairies or something, but they don't look as human as all the other characters. So it's very frustrating seeing these seeing black characters anime become desexualized, be, be, be killed, be turned into non-humanoid creatures. It's <laughs> this is or, especially being villains like Yugi has Yu-Gi-Oh has a lot of black characters, but a lot of them are either black in a past life, so they don't really match. So they're black <laughs> 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 she goes to the past. Oh, she goes to the past. Dr. Jisha was a black person, so it's been dark girl. Right. Like, in the past, they were black, but now they're white or Japanese. Or they're villains. Like, like I, and I know that it comes from, like, blackness is supposed to be, like, represent villainy in japan but i'm tired of giving them excuses like y'all know black people exist you know all black people aren't evil like give us some decent representation and you know oh i actually did just think of a video game example um i noticed a lot of times in fighting games a lot of the the characters are black women are always like the aggressive ones the ones that have the least clothing but you see like you might see a few white characters that are like that but you'll also see some that are supposed to be like the cutesy girl the sweet girl that can kind of punch and stuff. That's kind of frustrating to see as well. Sorry, I feel like I went on longer than I wanted to. <laughs> oh no, you're you're 100. percent This is just the place to do that. Yeah. Um, this is Elisa. Um, you know the thing about the the black characters not being human. That's across the board in a lot of cinema stuff. Mm-hmm. Because if you think back to um, Star Trek, Worf has a crab on his face. George, <laughs> you know, Guinan, she's just odd. <laughs> um, Percy, Percy Jackson or Percy Jones, whatever that movie was, the black dude was half goat. So it's like, we just can't win. You know, we're going to include black people, but you're not a person. <laughs> you're not really a people. You're not really a human. This is this is fractal. I'm gonna add one more, even though my wife still loves her. She's she's very controversial in Final Fantasy Eleven. Um, what is her name? Oh lord. Uh, oh, what is her name? Darn it, it's escaping me. But she's like this black person, but she's like part human, part like this rabbit. Oh, uh, uh, I cannot think of Final Fantasy Eleven. No, no, it's not Eleven. It's Twelve. I apologize. It's Final Fantasy Twelve. Final Fantasy Twelve. Okay. She's just—it's just her race of people is now in fourteen. Is it Fran? Fran, yes, Fran. It is Fran. So that's another one. Even though she's gorgeously drawn and everything, like my wife loves her, but. It is a double-edged sword for a race. It's like, why does the black woman have to be so, like, quietly dressed? Like, and then it, it is an animal. But, but I do want to give an example of um, under-sexualized. In Injustice, DC's um, 
video game that's done by Mortal Kombat, the first one, they just did women horribly. Like, Wonder Woman, they made her ugly. They made, uh, they even messed up uh, Katana, the uh, magic girl. But in Injustice 2, they did it right. They got Wonder Woman right. They did Black Canary right, based her off of, um, off of Sindale. But then when they came to Vixen, they basically made a skin for Vixen on top of Cheetah, who I believe is a white woman and a villain, and basically gave her very little of any type of body whatsoever. And when you look at Vixen, the character, and then Vixen, the video game character, she, her own powers don't even show up, just the claws. And Vixen has power of so many different animals. And she's a centerfold type character. So I feel like there's a way to be sexual but not over-sexualized, but also not under-sexualized because she, like, she was like flat completely. And it pissed me off. It pissed black women that I knew, like my wife, off because it's like, no, this is not who Vixen is. And then there, the good characters, along with like Master Raven, who was done well, there's another one. Twin Tail from, um, what is it, Arms? She's done wonderfully. She's not overly, like, too much skin showing. You do get to see her form. Her body type is very um, proportionate in the sense that she's kind of pear shaped. Hey, hey. All right, we're going to step into question number seven. Um, we know that in order for black characters to be humanized in these mediums, the best thing to do is to have black creators in the room at these companies and for black-owned businesses in these industries to exist. How many black people do you know who are prominent in anime, video game, and comic book manga industry? Um, for example, black-owned companies, black uh, story writers, black voice actors, black artists, black animators, uh, black video game designers, coders, and black OST composers, etc. How do you feel about that, fact, practice? I don't know enough. I, I, I think that when the people that are there, they're not promoted very well. They're kind of hidden, just like Dr. Mark Hanna was hidden. Um, and then I think that uh, for all the groups during the um, George Floyd protests that were like, oh, Black Lives Matter, we don't have an anime video game community without black people, which is true because we absorb and pay for the content, then incubates, invest in these black artists, in these content creators that are always there at the, at the cons, that are drawing and telling our stories organically. Um, so I, I don't know enough people who do these things, but they have the talent, and I know they're out there. Definitely. Thanks for your insight. That was actually really valuable. Um, yeah. Um, this is nuance here, and I just wanted to add that um, there are a few. I just wanted to give like a shout out to because there are a couple of people who are trying to make uh, make room and make space uh, in the in the comic book industry and in the, I guess, the superhero industry. Um, oh my gosh, I am blanking. The director who did Fruitville Station and did Black Panther, and I cannot think of, for the life of me, his name. Um, oh my gosh, what is his name? 
Well, I'm not going to take up time trying to uh, think of this man's name, but there are uh, some people who have been able to break through some of the barriers uh, uh, that are blocking uh, a lot of African Americans from producing and telling stories about black characters. Uh, uh, Ryan. Uh, Ryan Coogler. Thank you. Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler, uh, like him, he's been able to break through so he could tell the Black Panther story. Or like the person that I brought up uh, a while ago, um, Dwayne McDuffie, uh, he, he, the reason that static shock is a thing in the memory of black kids or now black adults today is because he started his own uh, comic book label. And from that, you got static shock and icon. And then uh, DC, it was an independent imprint of DC and it sold so well that DC decided to kind of fold them into the DC timeline proper. Um, Yeah, and so, and because he did that work, he was able to develop, you know, Justice League and give uh, more prominent roles and prominent uh, features to black characters while he was there. That's why in the Justice League, instead of the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern that the comic books love so much now, like, there's like two or three different white characters Green Lanterns that are assigned to Earth, we got the John Stewart in Justice League because Dwayne McDuffie was the story writer and story editor, and he wanted to highlight John. Um, so, yeah, it's we do okay. have those. Yeah, sorry. I, there's the part B that I'd like to yes. ask real quick. What barriers do you believe there are for black people to get into and make a decent living in these industries and what can we do to change this? Um, Alicia, do you have an input for this? Well, I think a lot has to do with the way that they're advertised and promoted. Um, we see, everybody knows who Batman is, so people go looking for DC stuff. And a lot of times the black creators oftentimes aren't with some of the major players. So it's hard for them to get the exposure. And one of the people that comes to mind for me right now is a young man named uh, Roye Okupe. And he does a comic book called Malika, Warrior Queen. And it's set in Africa. He's an African man who does this comic book about an African queen who also happens to be a warrior. And for a lot of people, this is probably the first time that you will ever hear of him. And it might possibly be the last if you don't look them up yourself. You know, so a a lot of it, I think, has to do with promotion and exposure as to why um, they're just not being heard of. And, um, yeah, that's a lot of it. Well, that, as I was saying before, is we don't get steered in that direction. Yeah. Um, Factor here, I remember a talk before where you know how much it costs to get art supplies you know and to to raise a child up doing that and to hone that craft so there's an economic aspect to it and i'm going to give a shout out to the creator of canon busters on um netflix i will give netflix a little bit of credit for even though they don't pay taxes they they do allow for new content creators awesome okay this is nuance and This is going to bring us to our last question of the day, and this is open to the floor in general. Um, 
how did you feel today? Uh, how did you feel sharing today? And what is something one of our other guests said that touched you or something that someone said that you liked that was brought up or something that was said that surprised you? Don't everybody go at once now. <laughs> this is Asia. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Asia. <laughs> this is Asia. Um, I felt good. It felt nice, but also, like, I wish there was more time to talk more about these topics because I think they're very important. I feel bad because I cannot remember who said this, but what interested me was um, talking about how much it costs for, um, what's her name, the girl from the movie to get her hair, like, animated, and how if they were to do black characters, like, how much it costs. Um, that took me one because I didn't know that, but also it means that it's possible for them to give black characters and animation these hairstyles. They're just being cheap about it. So now, I'm, even though that was an interesting fact, I'm also now mad at the even more mad than I was about it. <laughs> yep, yep. No, I understand. Uh, three feet tall, but they won't give a black woman curly hair. Exactly. <laughs> yep. You could actually Google that fact. So uh, there, there have been articles uh, done about the time and technology that it took for Disney Pixar to actually get Merida's curly hair, the Irish hair, the way that they wanted it, and how they had to create a whole new hair technology just to do it. But yeah, but they, they, they won't do that. Yeah, that they can do it, but they won't do that for certain characters. <laughs> Well, yeah, with, um, what was the movie? Monsters, Inc. And Monsters, Inc., that to make, was it Sully? To make his hair flow the way that it did when he moved. But they did it. Mm. And, and the thing about the ink in the comics has been a long-standing thing. That's why when you look at a lot of the old Disney characters, Mickey Mouse and all them, they only have three fingers. The Simpsons only had like three fingers. Mm -hmm. and, and that was because it was cheaper to draw three than it was to draw an entire hand. Tell them to stop being cheap. Yeah. I mean, you have to remember, not everybody, though, has Disney long money. Like, <laughs> But Disney has Disney money that they can be doing these things with. And other <laughs> companies do have that money. Oh, no, they're, they're only black princess. They they made sure that her hair was straight in the bone, or she was a frog. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have to. So they could circle around that uh, uh, 4C problem. It was in a bun for most yeah, of the when you saw her. <laughs> yep, she had she had one little instance of singing almost there, and then you're just like, nope, frog time. You're oh, nope, frog. you're a princess. <laughs> And yet, and yet their 3D technology came from a black man. So, um, who came from a black woman? So, <laughs> uh, I was just touched by what everybody said. I learned a lot. I learned a lot of things that I, 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 I'm going to look forward to listening to this again because I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't even know that. So, I'm just grateful. Everything kind of touched me. Uh, is, is there is there any black creators that anybody wants to shout out that people who are listening to this episode should like Google and uh, look up? Yes, yes. Um, this is Asia. Um, I have four. 
what or they're not necessarily people, but they're organizations. First one is Mechacon. It was started by a Detroit woman here, a black woman. She's amazing. It's a convention about black film and black comics. Um, also, if you go on Facebook, she's on there. She does a lot of stuff on the clubhouse. Um, there's Brown Girl Gamer Co., which I'm a part of. Also started from, by a black woman from Detroit, my friend from high school. It's a community for black and brown gamers, black girl gamers. It's another one for black, black girl gamers. And then the last one is Dumb Sticky Mafia, which is for black and women of color gamers. They're all great. Um, you should check them out. Um, also, you can Google me. <laughs> um, I'm a writer. I'm trying to get into script writing for comic books. I don't draw. I don't know how to do art. But I can write, and I can idealize, and I can make and I can create characters in written form. Um, this is Fractal. Um, I got two. Um, LaShawn Thomas. Um, I found out he's from Detroit, and he's one of the Kidden Busters. And it got on Netflix in 2019. And I want to give a shout out to D.R. Shitajio, uh, which is the first black-owned anime studio in Japan. And they are doing the animation currently for, um, I want to say, My Hero Academia. Oh, nice. No, I saw, it's no wonder I like the My Hero Academia. Wait, I did not know that. That is good to know. Yeah. Hey, this is uh, Claire's real quick. First off, I'd like to give out a shout-out to uh, basically uh, Miles Morales and all the creators for Spider-Man that have uh, been included in that video game. I think that's one of the most critical video games uh, during this time at this moment. I, I feel that uh, it's touched a lot of uh, sensitive topics such as this, and I appreciate them. This is Elisa. Um, again, I would like to re-mention the Royer Okupe, Okupe or Okupe, yeah, I think it's Okupe, and he's the, the young man who did um, Malika, and he has about three or four other characters that have their own book, and then there was a Mantamaji was the name of a book that has a black character. Looks like it's of African roots. And it's by Eric Dean Seaton and Brandon Thomas. I haven't read it, but it looks really good. And also there's a new series, or somewhat new, called Black Sand. And the president of that is Manuel Gouday. Oh, I've heard of them. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but it's G-O-D-O-Y, Godoy, maybe? Godoy. And he has quite a few um, in his lineup. And this, this book also looks to be quite interesting, a good series. And he has several that's in that line. Yep. And a correction, LaShawn Thomas, I believe he's actually from New York, but I think he went to school in Detroit at uh, College for Creative Studies for Cannon Busters. Nice. Uh, hey, um, what was the name of that mafia one? Thumbstick Mafia? 
I'm sorry, say again? Thumbstick Mafia. Thumbstick, gotcha. Yep. Um, there's, uh, this is Nuance, and I just wanted to uh, shout out two people for uh, our listeners to look up. Um, so, again, I've been dropping his name throughout the entire um, uh, conversation. So, Dwayne McDuffie, again, uh, look up his work. It is honestly amazing. Um, he, uh, so, just Google him, Google stories of millennial, uh, Millennium Comics, and you will find Static Shock. Is a, the original Static Shock, believe it or not, is actually a way grittier story. Uh, they, like, in order for them to port Static over to the WB, they had to drop a lot of the uh, things that he was trying to talk about so when you see the original story it is so good also i wanted to have people kind of look out for the work of salim akil he is the uh current director and like co-creator of the current uh cw show black lightning um uh i yes there are there there are people, there are black creatives and black creators uh, that are out there, you know, doing their thing. Uh, not as many as uh, we probably should have at this point uh, in American history, but, you know, for the ones that have been able to break through the barriers that are set before their path, we want to make sure that we, you know, go out and support. So. Uh, this, is, this is Maxwell time. Um I just want to just throw some uh, throw some out there, and you know, I just want to let people say, tell people that check out some some lesser known uh, black comic book characters. You know, uh, you got like I said, you got Icon, you got Rocket, you got um, Vixen, you have Mister Terrific, people like that, all good people. I enjoyed them. Okay, well. Thank you all for participating in this topic. It's definitely been insightful and as well as informative. I've never really understood this is such a such a hot topic, really. Yes. Thank you, Elisa. Thank you, Asia. Thank you, thank Max, you for and thank you, Fractal. Yes. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Good to be here. Nice to be here. Thank you. All right, and thank you for the, our listeners for listening. Yes, thank you. Hopefully we will uh, have you uh, hear from you guys again, or you'll hear from us again uh, next Saturday.